Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm recording. Are you recording? Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with ultra running legend Dean Carnazis. Oh, big name, huge name. He's kind of well. We'll get into it with him, but he was kind of like Wild West days of ultras. He's yeah, like, he, he was, was at that, the start. He was the flag bearer for a lot of this madness that now happens, wasn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah, he's like the godfather of uh, ultra running, really. And um, he's got a new book out called. Uh, the Runner's High, which is all about... Um, it's quite an interesting perspective, actually, because Dean's getting older um, and he's kind of... No. Have, yeah, really? Honestly, yeah. It's impossible. Really, even, surely even for him. Dean, Even Dean ages. And I think, you know, part of the book is looking... Um, is gaining some perspective and saying, well, you know what, I'm, I'm no longer going to win these races or podium in these races, but I still want to, you know, push my body to the limit. And um, what does that look like as a sort of 50-year-old um, or 60-year-old runner as opposed to someone who's in their, you know, 20s, 30s or 40s? So... Um, yeah, he's getting old like the rest of us, Ben. Yeah, but he's still running really far, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His training, like, it's worth just sticking around for his training routine, which is sort of just, bewildering. Yeah, like, he's not, he's he's, he's no uh, wilting flower. That's the whole way absolutely. He's not in the rocking chair, is he? No, yeah. no, 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 not at all. Not at hey, all. Hey, talking about um, incredible training regimes and runners, you were racing again this weekend. I was, mate. It was... So I didn't, I had really no expectation from the race, from my own personal performance and actually was, yeah. was probably one of my, if I went from, a, it's terrible to start this chat about talking immediately about performance and running and, you know, all the times, but I kind of feel like it's <laughs> good because it, it wasn't that, I'm actually, I'm not going to, because the real takeaway was it was just one of those fantastic reminders about how brilliant running can be yeah just to reignite a sense of uh ability to achieve things within yourself and mm. the great thing about the event was that it is it was the outrunners event and they're a charity who work with young people in hackney and some of the youth from from the project were there and they did a mile before the five and the 10k race and I'd, i have no idea if some of these kids have never done a mile before or not maybe it was easy for them but there was a load of like us grown-ups at the side cheering them on and when they came around and did that fourth lap which you know it was hot it was a hot day and they'd done four laps of the track yeah. and that's that's pretty good going and they had the sort of they had it it was it was good for the soul rick it was good you saw this sort of like these unsuppressible grins 
sort yeah. of spread across their face as they came down the home straight and everyone's cheering them and they were kind of like oh i've done this I've, i have done i've just uh, i've just done that mile nice and so straight away from the you know you, we all started running way too quick after that because it we <laughs> i certainly did everyone was so like g'd up by watching these kids run that we were like yeah let's race now go and yeah then my performance was like oh yeah i i haven't done this for years this is this is really horrible and hard but um yeah it was it was really nice to I really enjoyed it though. I really loved being back on the track, the simplicity nice, of mate. it, the monotony of it, like all yeah. of the things that kind of people go, oh, track racing. I was just like, yeah, but it's just ticking off laps and you just have this held effort mm. and you just sit there fluctuating between too hard and just got it, too hard, <laughs> oh, just about got it, oh, too hard, oh, just about got it. And that doesn't matter about how fast, you like that effort is, regardless of speed and time mm. and whatever, that's, that's such a nice thing to sort of almost practice because, you know, I, it, there's just it's just totally different isn't it like i've forgotten how different it is to run oh for sure on a track and so you would, so it was 10k on a track the whole yeah. thing on a track so like yeah 25 laps whatever. 25 wow. laps yeah and hey, that, that in itself was it, yeah. yeah i mean that was that in itself was really i guess nice for a change because i haven't done it for years so even that in itself was like had novelty value and then yeah i mean i i did things like um i wore uh fancy carbon shoes which is a big no on the track but uh, i didn't care and uh i don't think it made any difference so I, I honestly don't it probably hindered me um <clears throat> so there were sort of things like that and i i hadn't had any sleep the night before because children and all those you know so i i sort of went there going like yeah we'll see what happens but the takeaway the hottest takeaway was like wow running is great so that was that was a, a big plus i think that's cool that's cool yeah 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 what about you what, what did you get up to well, yeah, I guess you're doing like an organised race there, but I did a sort of DIY one that a friend of mine, Brendan Mayton, so he had heard. So there's a, there's a website called, I think it's called Broleur, um, and it ranked the hardest hills in, in London, basically. So it gave, gave a top 10. Yeah. It, was, it was from a cycling perspective, but I think that a hard hill is probably a hard hill for a cyclist or, or a runner. So um, yeah. it turns out the top of the list is this one called Cannonby, which is round the back of uh, the Horniman Museum in South East London, which is pretty close to where where I live and where Brendan lives so he, he basically um word went around the, the school basically he's, he's got a couple of kids and and, and various dads came out um <gasps> so there was a, there a was meeting people. of dads it was a meeting of dads at the bottom of a very um very long and steep hill oh so we were we and basically it was um yeah it was just like one one effort basically so a race to the top of the hill and it was it was so hard mate that sounds, <laughs> it's so hard on that hill I mean that sounds so good I mean uh, the the ultra sense of competitiveness just because it's all dads together yeah, like yeah. it seems like my dad's bigger than your dad like that yeah. get, it gives me that vibe straight away um well, the, no, no children um cheering on i think it was, lo- it, was, it was lost on any um offspring but um oh they didn't care no sure oh wow but, that's good so one yeah. f did you what was your warm-up i feel like you did you just go in yes yeah, so we did actually about a mile woman i was encouraging other dads i said like look this is this is an absolute like <laughs> You're gonna this do is, a, you can do a hamstring. It's a recipe for like yeah, enjoy this. Mate, you're gonna you're gonna pop the ticker. This is, gonna, this is not, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. So we did we did a little bit of sprinting and a bit of like, you know, that kind of slightly sort of plyometric kind of warm up stuff. Yes. I mean, it was all a bit futile, mate. I but. love the, I love the vision of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Already in my head, I've got a lot of very sort of slightly off balance dads lumbering yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, and we all went off way too hard to like. Good. The hill, the Canterbury Hill, is basically it's not that steep for the first bit, and then it goes around the bend and it shoots up to like. 20 something percent so oh like God. yeah it was quite it's pretty steep um yeah 
I know if everyone goes off really hard at the first bit and then gets to the bend and it's just like it was like a sl- it was like a very slow death for everyone but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good it was good so uh, hoping to be hoping to come back next year and uh, and have another go Look, looking for a big money sponsor I think that's the that's the next step how how were your doms afterwards because I've got doms like today and I did this on Saturday and I can't believe how like much that effort on the track has made my legs hurt from just comparative to like the easy running that I've been doing hills is it's the same right you must be feeling it yeah I've definitely feeling it I'm I'm really glad it was only one rep one one quite keen dad was like oh let's do it again no 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 just just once um so uh no but but yeah only one rep but yeah definitely felt it it's just quite brutal isn't it same as like racing it's it's kind of a different gear isn't it and you kind of it's just pay for it afterwards exactly no but it's it's a nice feeling actually to you know the legs are I'm so, uh, the legs are stiff but it's kind of like that that nice reminder that you've done something yeah oh we wanted to talk quickly about Mo Farah didn't we who is, seems to have been given a kind of last uh, oh, yeah. gasp chance to, to qualify for Tokyo um, this was like oh, this is sort of hot off the hot off the Guardian press Sean Ingle wrote a, a little news story about it this morning and I saw it pop up so I thought I would mention it because hmm. it's it's I guess it's interesting because it's Mo and that kind of garners attention yeah. but it's it's more interesting in the fact that UK Athletics have basically staged or are going to stage a, like an emergency last minute race, race for Mo, yeah, race for Mo to sort mm. of like get him closer to his qualifying time. So when he missed the qualifying time a couple of weeks ago, wherever it was, and he was um, 20, 22, 22 seconds, seconds, yeah, I think so, yeah. outside yeah. the qualifying time, and he said he had a small ankle injury or niggle at that particular moment. So he's gone. So UK Athletics have sorted out a sort of a a second chance for him which I know that you're like well he's I'm going to put words in your mouth but he's like uh, what you know our best athlete yeah our best distance runner ever yeah kind of um yeah if, if anyone deserves special treatment which I think we both think this is special treatment oh yeah you know you know it, it's Mo isn't it like he's won um four gold medals in the 5,000 and 10,000 and yeah you know he pro- he's possibly our still our best um chance of getting a medal in those those events so you can see you can see why you might sort of roll the red carpet out for it. I would say, though, on the flip side of that, I'm pretty sure everyone who didn't qualify would like a second chance. Mm. Don't you think? Like, I, for I sure. just, uh, you know, um, Charlotte Perdue. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know I what mean, I mean? Like, I, 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 I there's, what mean. there's a few names that, like, I mean, you know, certainly people who aren't as well versed in Olympic uh, victories as Mo. But I'm just kind of like, it just seems, it seems possibly a bit much yeah i think it's i think you could definitely argue that that basically with, with olympic you, you get you have your chance and, and if you're injured or you you don't run well then that's it's you know it's a cruel sport i guess from a spectator perspective and this isn't about it being fair or not you know a five thousand meters or a ten thousand meters so it's only, it's only the 10 that he's going in um is more exciting for, from a british perspective if mo's in it because we know what an amazing racer he is and what he's done in the past so oh yeah i mean in terms of like representing the country and uh what his presence at the games does i guess from a yeah. probably from a really like commercial sponsorship point of view if i'm going to be mm-hmm. the complete cynic, yeah, he, but like, he elevates it yeah he, elevates he, he it, makes it much more you know significant so i guess that that's why it's happening it was just really interesting to sort of hear that you know and he's going to have a pace team at the event in manchester and you know it's going to be mm. pretty catered towards him hopefully yeah. doing it so it's quite a it's quite a hot take I thought on like all oh, right this is this is this is a big a big second offering for him 
Yeah, definitely. And I think there were, there were sort of um, complaints before about, um, I think it was a great North run that was often this kind of procession. And it was about, it was kind of about Mo winning. He didn't actually race, uh, you know, people who could actually beat him very often. I mean, he did obviously when um, Bikili turned up and, and won, but quite a few quite a few of those years were really a kind mm. of, you know, a lot of people thought that that was kind of geared towards another Mo victory. So this is sort of in the same vein. But yeah, I, I do think yeah, the flip side of that is that he is, just an absolutely fantastic Olympian and competitor, so you can understand why UK Athletics would be like, "We need to get, we need to get Mo on the plane and get, give him a chance of bringing something home in the in the ten. Um, yeah, but he's thirty eight now, so if it's it, you know he he is slowing down. There's no doubt about that. And I think even if he gets to Tokyo, you know, get, getting any medal would be uh, would be overachieving, probably actually. It probably is. I'll be interested to hear what the listeners think on this podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think this is fair? Do you think this should be allowed? Or are you go, Mo, go? Let us know. Oh, that was good at the end. I like that. Yeah, it was kind of rhymed, didn't it? I think yeah, we should good. get um, we should get our incredibly high profile um guest of the week on. I reckon. Yeah, we should. Guest of the week here in the studio. Guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. Our guest this week is a bona fide endurance running legend. He's raced through Death Valley, run 350 miles without stopping, and once completed 50 miles in 50 US states in 50 days. But even Dean Karnazes can't outrun Father Time. And in his latest book, A Runner's High, he boldly confronts the prospect of getting older and slower. We're delighted and a little starstruck to have him with us on the podcast. So, Dean, welcome to the Runs World podcast. Thanks for having me run by. <laughs> Do the incredible feats that you've achieved in your life make the prospect of growing old easier or harder? Both. <laughs> Can it be both? Uh, you know, for me to, to run a sub three hour marathon is work now. You know, before I used to be able to do it just on base training, you know, not with any specific sort of training. But, you know, as you get older, you get slower. Uh, but my endurance has improved and my pain tolerance has improved and my ability to cope with with sleep deprivations improved so it's 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 been a bit of both yeah do you have you had to change the way that you've you train physically now we'll get onto the mental in a bit but you know as you've got into your 50s have you adapted the way that you've had to physically train everything i've done has changed so you know i i, I now view myself through the lens of trying to be the best animal that i can be and anything i do has got to be um you know toward that goal so you know my training uh, i do a ton of cross training, uh, diet and nutrition. Uh, I really look to maximize my quality of sleep as well as my interpersonal relationships. I think that if we have uh, strong, harmonious interpersonal relationships, our performance is better. I have a couple really close friendships. I don't have a lot of, you know, kind of um, superficial friendships. And I also have a very solid relationship with my wife. So she was my high school sweetheart. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've been through it all. And she's not, a, I mean, she runs if she's being chased, but she's not a but she's very supportive and we have a really great relationship just this foundation of love because i'm i mean i was before the pandemic i was on the road more than i was home you know i was traveling i mean i've, I've raced and competed on all seven continents um twice now but just having her support and her love even you know when i'm in our in antarctica or you know in the sahara uh just it 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 allows you to perform at your best versus just the opposite you know if you're worried about your relationship you're worried about your family that stuff weighs heavy on you. So now I, you know, there's no more ordering pizzas on the run like I used to do. No more bags of 
chips during ultra marathons. It's all um, very disciplined. Uh, and that's just so I can, you know, again, continue running into my, you know, 60s, 70s, hopefully 80s. Do you think, do you know that you do this and you, you, you sort of, it's not taking it more seriously, but you're kind of, you've, you've had to adapt to what you're doing and it become, perhaps becomes more informed. Do you look back at the using the, doing, eating the pizzas on the go and those sorts of things as, oh, if I'd known or behaved as I do now, then it would have been different? Or is that just not really come into it? Because at that point, it's literally just fuel and energy and calories. Yeah, no, I think the, you know, the, the former, I think that, um, you know, when I was in my prime, and, you know, ending up on the podium and running and winning races like the Badwater Ultra Marathon, you know, I, I was half the time I was surfing, <laughs> you know, I was running in board shorts. I, I didn't have a coach. I didn't even know what a training block was. Uh, you know, nowadays, you're not going to win an ultra marathon, especially a prestigious one, unless you're well trained, you know, and you're uh, just at you know your best peak performance. And I never really took it all that seriously until I you know, started progressing in my career. When you look back, Dean, at all your achievements, and we listed a few of them in the in the intro, is there one that stands out for you as, as the one that makes you most proud? Wow. Uh, you know, I've run across all the major deserts. I've run to the South Pole. But this might surprise you. Um, you know, my most memorable race ever was the 10K. You know, you're probably wondering why I hold it. This guy runs hundreds of miles. Like, why a 10K? Uh, I ran a 10K with my daughter, Alexandria, on her 10th birthday. And oh, that's and nice. Half, yeah. Nothing will surpass that, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say, like, Death Valley or, like, when I <laughs> ran 350 miles without sleeping. Like, you know, that's... Uh, I think if I was you, I'd be saying... I'd be getting that 350-mile one. That would be getting pretty pretty, pretty high up the list. <laughs> no. I think the 10K <laughs> with the daughter is the best one. That sounds so nice. Of all the running adventures that you've had, is there something that you look back on and you kind of go, that wasn't for me or that didn't go as well as I wanted or or, or do you regret it? You know, I think we regret the things we don't do more than the things we do. You know, I've certainly had bad races and, you know, I can look back on those and go, well, that was not my favorite race. But I think I regret more that, you know, the chances I didn't take than the ones I did. Even if you fail, I think it's better to to try. So, you know, I try not to look back with regrets and just move forward and learn from uh, from failure and success. I think it's uh, it's not failure that stops people. It's the fear of failure. We're even trying. So... I, I say, you know, fail boldly. <laughs> Dean, can, can we can we clear one thing up? Because your, your your kind of journey into ultra running has become the stuff of legend. And uh, I want to know, did you really decide to run 30 miles on your 30th birthday after having probably not quite 30 tequila shots, but, you know, quite a few? Close. <laughs> Close to 30. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, you know, I used to love to run when I was a kid. I mean, my earliest childhood recollections are running home from kindergarten when I was six years old. And I ran competitively in high school. Uh, as a freshman, and we won the um, the cross country championships. And I thought at that point that you know, taking running as far as I would I ever take it. So at 15, I I stopped running altogether. And I went to college. You know, I went to uni. I went through graduate school, and then I went to business school. I had a very comfortable corporate job in San Francisco. And on the night of my 30th birthday, you're right. I was in a bar, you know, in a nightclub, uh, drinking tequila, bad tequila. <laughs> And at midnight, I told them I was leaving. And they said, well, you know, where are you going? The night is young. Let's have another round of tequila. And I said, no, I'm going to go run 30 miles to celebrate right now instead. And they looked at me and they said, but you're not a runner. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I am, but I'm still going to do it. And I walked out of the bar and I'll never forget this. I didn't own running gear, but I had on these 
silk uh, boxer shorts, like these silk underwear. And so I peeled off my pants and just like threw them in the alleyway and started running south, just running into the night. Uh, Amazing. My, my first thought is you've got to be wearing smart like business shoes. No, they were like uh, gardening shoes. I remember they were like, <laughs> yeah, they were like Reebok gardening shoes. Yeah, I can't believe I made it. But I literally, I mean, I say I ran, but I kind of stumbled and hobbled and... <laughs> Um, in your in your book, it says that ultra an ultra marathon is a forum for discovery. Um, what do you mean by this? Uh, absolutely, I think that it's a, an outward and an inward journey. Um, you know, I'm 100 percent Greek, and the Oracle of Delphi said, you know, know thyself. And how do you get to know the, you know yourself? Um, you push yourself because you don't learn unless you're trying new things and exploring, and um, you know, going outside of your comfort zone. So I think an ultra marathon gives you a lens. To look at yourself like few things else in life. I mean, even running holds up a, a mirror to you, and you know, it, it running builds character, but it also reveals character. So you learn a lot about yourself during these ultra marathons, as well as you know the outward journey. I mean, you know, I could tell you about running across, you know, Kazakhstan <laughs> on the Silk Road, Uzbekistan. I could tell you about, um, you know, Patagonia and the Canadian Rockies, um, you know, Namibia. Uh, so I've, I've experienced a lot of the um, of the world, but I've also peered inward pretty deeply. Did you um, have you caught up with the, the the British runners who set the new backyard ultra record over the weekend? Did you I, see this? I was tracking on those guys. They're they're tough. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive, right? Did you ever did you ever take on one of these sort of like backyard ultra things where you know it's a nonstop until you nonstop until you drop kind of affairs? I've done a couple charity ones early on, but you know, I'm, I'm more about exploration, like moving from point to point. Although I got to say, you know, with the pandemic, those guys, you know, not only did they do some amazing, they, they did what they could, right? I mean, you yeah. can't go running big ultra marathons now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Dean, can we talk about um, sitting? Because one of my favorite quotes of yours is, is, and I'm pretty sure you've said this, he said, I don't sit down all day. To me, sitting is a devil. Is this is this really true? And if so, why do you think sitting down is so bad? Well, you guys can see, right? Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm you are standing, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Ben's standing. Yeah. See you, Ben. You know, I think that um, right now I'm like, I'm also barefoot. So I'm bouncing on my toes and like working all those small micro muscles in my legs and my feet. And, and why not? I mean, you know, I, I do a lot of writing and, you know, writing is sitting in front of a, you guys are, you guys are all writers. You know what I mean? It, it's a lot. It's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. It's a lot of, you know, retooling the same sentence. And I used to get exhausted sitting down. You know, I'd be falling asleep, you know, with my head in the computer. And now that I stand up all day, I feel completely energized. Even, even right, I mean, Ben, do you feel energized right now? Doesn't it feel better standing up? It's 100%. I, we, um, we talked about this on, on a previous one. And lockdown was actually one of the things, a real benefit of it, which kind of sounds a bit weird of having a benefit from the whole situation was, but I was walking around barefoot so much more because I wasn't in an office where I was wearing shoes or, well, sometimes just socks because, you know, my colleagues had to just resent me for it. But I was just sort of, and I'm at home walking around barefoot and my, I've got a standing desk, I'm fortunate enough to have that. And yeah, you know, it, it it's huge that the, the impact that that's had in terms of just sort of not feeling stiff more more mobile stronger feet better running because you're able to sort of like i don't know sense slightly you get more tactile feel through the feet and it kind of all those the communication between the ground and yourself it's yeah it makes a huge difference 
Yeah, you know, fortunately, I live near the, the coastline, so I run on the soft sand barefoot. I think, you know, running on the soft sand or running, like, uh, on the grass is great. I, You know, sometimes I see people running, you know, barefoot, like, in road marathons. I, I don't think we were engineered to run on hard surfaces, on man-made surfaces barefoot. But I very much think that, um, you know, running barefoot on the soft surfaces is a great thing. Ultra running has become a lot more mainstream. Um, when you started out, it was kind of like the wild west of endurance um challenges I guess what are some of the biggest changes that um that you've seen during your time doing it yeah in 1993 when i first started there were 3500 ultra marathon finishers in north america and in 2018 there was something like 135,000. wow uh, the sheer number of people doing it has increased uh you know when i first started it was a bunch of kind of misfit uh men running these things now, now it's pretty much you know uh, half and half, about half female, half male, uh, as well as much more diverse fields. So you see a lot of, uh, you know, different ethnicities, uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, you know, different body types. So it's 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 still a really great sport, but the bigger races have become more like a mainstream marathon. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I love about ultra marathon, you know, you can still find that like a mom and pop race with, you know, several hundred people in it. And it, it's still got that you know, that grungy grassroots feel. This is the Runner's World Podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I tell people my finish line is a pine box. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm 10 feet under, yeah. I mean, right now I have no intention of stopping. And, you know, if I wake up tomorrow in the in the the passion is gone. You know, if the fire isn't in my belly, I'll, I'll stop. But I still love running as much as I, I did when I first started right now. Before we started recording, we talked a little bit about your sort of day-to-day habits. What is your, just to sort of go back over that, how does, what does a day, a running day for you look like now? Yeah, when I'm, when I'm really training for a race, you know, I'll get up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning and I'll run a, a marathon before breakfast. So... Then I'll come back, you know, to the house and I do hit training throughout the day. So I have this routine of uh, push-ups, sit-ups, 
uh, chair dips, uh, pull-ups, and burpees. And it's about a 12 to 14 minute uh, routine. And I do maybe five or six sets throughout the course of the day, just in between writing. Like I did a set right before we came on. Uh, so I do that throughout the, it's body weight exercise, but it's pretty intense. It gets your oh, heart yeah. rate really yeah. elevated. Yeah. It's, that's, that's, that's incredible, Dave. I mean, do, do you think that running and exercising the way that you do can kind of um, redefine the way that we age, can maybe push back um, the aging process a little? I, I hope so. I mean, I think that we were we were engineered. I mean, we came into this world to constantly move, right? Um, and that's kind of what I'm just trying to emulate kind of how, you know, what we are as creatures. So we were, you know, we were doing things like, you know, chopping wood and stacking wood and whatever else we were doing, you know, pulling pulling roots from the from the ground. So I try to kind of exercise throughout the day. Uh, and I, I feel so much better when I do that versus not exercising at all. Do you think, I mean, it's this you've kind of touched on it just then really, but do you think it's better to accept physical changes that come with aging and recalibrate or to fight against the perceived limits aging puts in front of us? Yeah, I mean, you're probably asking the wrong guy. <laughs> full fight, you know, absolutely. Appreciate- Take it on, yeah. full fight, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, people say, you know, uh, I, I got to listen to my body. And if we listen to our body, we're just going to sit on the couch all day and eat pizza, right? That's that's what we want to do. Let's face it. So, you know, you, sometimes you just have to have sheer discipline to say, no, I'm, I'm going to do this workout. I'm going to go for this run. And, you know, I think you guys have experienced this. The hardest thing is just getting out the door, you know, motivating. And once you get out the door and you just start moving a little bit, it builds on itself. And you always come back feeling better than when you left. But it's just having the discipline to get out the door. I use a technique called forward projection. So I just I ha- I try to project those feelings I'll have when I get back, you know, how much better you'll feel. So I try to use that as an impetus just to get me out the door. And, you know, the other trick I do, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I have like 500 audiobooks on my playlist. And, uh, you know, I'll just, if I'm, if I'm listening to a book I don't really like, I'll queue up a new book and I'll just say, okay, go running. You got a new, you got a new story. And so that kind of gets you going as well. Talking about books, Dean, you've got a new book out, um, Runners High. And I know the strap line of the book is older, wiser, slower, stronger. Um, what's the key piece of wisdom your years of, of running has given you, would you say? Wow. I mean, there's so many, I, you know, I think there's some quotes in the book I like, and, you know, one is pretty self-evident, but, um, you know, endurance comes from enduring. So how, how do you build endurance? Well, you, you throw yourself in these events and you endure. But, you know, the other thing with this book is uh, I, I wanted to give people a runner's high. Like I, I got an email this morning from a guy who said, uh, you know, I last night I was going to read a couple chapters of your book before I went to sleep. And he said, six hours later, I, I you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine your book is a good one to nod off to. Like I just, like it just, it would make you want to just get out of bed and hey, maybe go to a bar and drink thirty drinks and then go for you know it's that sort of book. Yeah, no, I mean he said I, and I, I, I thought well I probably went to sleep after that because it's going to be like you know five in the morning. He's like no, I, I got up and I went running. Like I just had to go running. So oh, that's, that's nice. the kind of book I want. I want the book to be propulsive and kind of you know an escape from the heaviness of being because right now. Yeah you know, the world is a heavy place and it just seems like there's all the messaging is so negative. And I wanted this book just to be a force of positive where you could just get into it and forget about your worries for, for a bit. Dean, thanks so much for uh, for your time and coming on the Runners World podcast. It's really, really inspiring to hear you talk about running and obviously your passion for endurance running is undimmed. And um, 
Yeah, I think that really comes across in, in your book, A Runner's High. So anyone listening to it who, um, who uh, yeah, is inspired by what Dean has to say uh, can go out and, and buy it now. Thank you very, very much for, for your time. Thanks for having me on, you guys. I just wish we could all go running together right now. We're definitely coming to you, though, for this, because you're in San Francisco or near San Francisco, and we're in London. So we're coming there, and we're going up to the, we're going to Marin County. And Napa for some wine. Oh, perfect. Uh, perfect. This is the Runner's World Podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World Podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Dean Karnazis, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Runners World magazine for just £5. Head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK to find it. Please subscribe. That's the best thing you could possibly do. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 